Book Dreams, a member of the Podglomerate Network and LitHub Radio. Good morning. Today is March 22nd, and welcome to Book Dreams. I'm Eve Yohalem. I'm a children's book author. And I'm Julie Sternberg, a children's book author. And if you have been listening, you know that these are our um, sort of quick and dirty uh, episodes that we're doing during the, the coronavirus because Julie and I are not in the same place physically and not really able to do the episodes the way we had been doing them. And so we hope that these episodes will have some value to some people somewhere. Yes, I'm still in the car, if anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Julie's in her home office. (laughs) Yes, the still car where where at least I can talk and not disturb everyone in the home. Yeah. So Julie, if it's okay with you, I have some thoughts I'd like to start with. Sure. And that's that to me, and just to be clear, Julie and I are both New Yorkers. And so that's where we are physically in the the pandemic. To me, yesterday was a a watershed day. You know, yesterday was a change in that um, up until yesterday, I'd been feeling this kind of painful sense of, of anticipation. You know, we knew what was coming, but it wasn't here yet. And we were trying to get ready for it. And to me, yesterday was when it started. Um, Yesterday was the day that I, uh, where more than one person, several people I know, um, found out that they have the virus. And then, you know, anyone I talked to said the same thing. Yes, you know, a friend of mine, a relative, or something. Um, And so I wake up this morning feeling much more sober. Um, And I I was listening to the episode we recorded yesterday, and... (laughs) I thought to myself, who are these breathless, giddy women? There's just a lot of giggling. And, yeah. and I and I think maybe that we were a little giddy yesterday and that, oh, something's coming kind of way. But I don't right. feel giddy today. No. I don't know about no. you and, and where you are. No. Well, I did learn yesterday that um, that that someone I know, um, I'm not close with this person, but someone I, who is close to a lot of people that I am close to, is sick. Um, fortunately, we think he's going to turn the corner. But yeah, it's it's really getting real now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, someone I know also in Louisiana, had a very bad dry cough. We don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. It was I've never heard her sound so bad. And fortunately, she she also seems to be turning the corner, which is particularly fortunate because she's in her eighties. But yeah, um, yeah, it's getting really scary. Yeah, and 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 real. Yes. I will say that I learned about the the friend of a friend um, on one of these sort of virtual drinks. And to be perfectly honest, I had just had a you know squabble with my daughter, and I was resistant to getting on this four thirty on a Saturday afternoon virtual drink. You know, yeah. I don't really drink, and I don't actually. And you're worried about your you're worried about your iced tea supply running low, so. <laughs> couldn't even have my a social situation might make you drink more than your daily ration <laughs> right and I love these women but you know on a normal Saturday afternoon I wouldn't necessarily be getting together with a lot of people I'm on the antisocial end of the spectrum certainly so I was reluctant but I did and and it was a really nice thing I have to say mm-hmm. I think we should at least take a moment to appreciate that we have the means to do this these gatherings from afar, which we we wouldn't have had in in other eras. And even though I was reluctant to do it, and even though there was this sad news 
it was useful and beneficial. It, um, I felt better afterwards. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that. We're having a virtual brunch with another family on Zoom this morning. But um, I want to also acknowledge something else you just said when you mentioned the squabble that you'd had with, with your daughter. I'm squabbling with family. Um, I think a lot of us are. So I want to acknowledge that, you know, that a lot of yeah. us are going through that and tensions yeah. are high. Yeah. Apropos of the giddiness yesterday, I think some of the newness is wearing off and and the squabbling, you know, the squabbling has begun, I think. Yeah. And I imagine there will be many phases to this. And I can't imagine yes. what those phases are because this is all so, so unprecedented. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's move into books, shall we? <laughs> yes. So I have been reading Song of the Lark. Yay. And I'm, I came across a passage that I wanted to share. I would love to maybe just focus the rest of our talk on young people. I have two children who are in college. Julie has a college uh, child and a high school child. So we have these older kids who, who aren't completely kids anymore and have been enjoying a lot of independence who are now living at home pretty much under the circumstances that they were living when they were 10. Our rules can't go out on your own, you know, which I have enormous sympathy for. So I've been reading slowly Song of the Lark and I came across this passage, this description. So it was written in 1915. And in one sense, it's been so nice to read this book because it is another time and place and there's no fear in the air. Although then it occurred to me, it was written in 1915, which means Spanish influenza was around the corner. Oh, but but yeah. Willa Cather didn't know that at the time. <laughs> no, no. And it's set in 1890. So it's not like there's going to be a flu coming up or, you know, an epidemic coming up, pandemic. Right. Um, yeah. But there's a description of how her mother... Um, the, the main character's name is Thea, and she's one of seven children. And there's a description of how her mother parents. And she says, uh, let's see. Oh, here we go. Mrs. Cronberg's children were all trained to dress themselves at the earliest possible age, to make their own beds, the boys as well as the girls, to take care of their clothes, to eat what was given them, and to keep out of the way. Mrs. Cronberg would have made a good chess player. She had a head for moves and positions. So the kids have these very strict rules. And then she goes on to say later that if they break these rules, she whips them with rawhide. But oh, they, which can, is, can we do that? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we're not there yet, Julie. I think we're a little <laughs> early in the pandemic to resort to that. But let's just keep that in the back of our minds. But then, then, she, then it says, Mrs. Cronberg let her children's minds alone. She did not pry into their thoughts or nag them. She respected them as individuals and outside of the house. They had a great deal of liberty, but their mm. communal life was definitely ordered. Yes, I remember loving her for that. Yeah. I think that was must have been fairly radical in the, in the late 1800s. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But yeah. I was so struck by that idea of in the house, really strict rules and you abide by them. Outside the house, you're your own person. Even if you're six, you're your own person. And Yeah, and in your head, too, to, res to yes, respect that's and huge. not want to control that. It got me thinking about the situation we're living in now with our adult or semi-adult children. In the house, it's pretty much Mrs. Cronberg, right? But there is no out of the house. Right, right. And gosh. Yeah, that's hard. It's really hard. It's really, yeah. really hard. It's hard. Yeah. Well, that sounds lovely. You, you've gotten me thinking that maybe there's a book that's not 
deeply grim that I might enjoy. Maybe I should reread that for the millionth time. But um, in the meantime, (laughs) I'm continuing with both Euphoria by Lily King and um, Two Girls Down Mm -hmm. and greatly enjoying just the horribleness, uh, particularly of Two Girls Down. By horribleness, I don't mean writing. I I mean situation. And then one of the friends on that video call that I just talked about said that she is going to read The Mirror and the Light, which is the third book in the Wolf Hall trilogy by Hilary Mantel. Yes, which just came out. We have a copy here. Mm -hmm. And I thought, beheadings. (laughs) (laughs) I can read about beheadings. I don't think, I don't think, you know, knock wood, I'm going to have to worry about a beheading. No, I mean, it's not quite (laughs) cannibalism. But it's no. it might get you. It's like the methadone to cannibalism, right? It's like I, <laughs> you're jonesing I, I, for some violence. Right. To be clear, I mean, I love the other two Wolf Hall books. Normally, I would just be super excited because I, I love those books and it's the third book. But my first thought truly was the headings. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a um, third Wolf Hall book tiny story which is I went into town with Joe um, on on our one shopping trip so far and the bookstore was open and we stood outside and we thought Mm. oh and by the way the coffee shop next door that sold donuts was also open and we had a conversation about how you know if you're going to make an exception to the rule of course it should be donuts well for (laughs) us it was the bookstore <laughs> we oh. thought, oh, and no judgment, right? Like for some people, it's going to be the donuts, but for us, it was the books. And we had this long talk. What sense. can we do? Maybe we can take the, the the covers off and let them air out for a few days. We talked ourselves into feeling it was okay to go to the bookstore, and yeah. that was one of the books that we bought. So that was the book that we semi broke the the rules to purchase. <laughs> I love that I went for the donuts. I do. I do have a lifetime supply of unread books in my in my house. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of bookstores, I get the newsletter from Kira Weisner, whom we interviewed uh, for one of our very well produced, um, very professional, ex- not very not personal. like this, not not finished, not yet finished episodes, which eventually we will air. She is the owner of the Merritt Bookstore in Millerton, New York. And she said that they're still open. Um, none of the customers come in the bookstore, but you call, you order from their online supply and their healthy employees get the book for you and put it out on the porch, mm-hmm. which we, we happen to know um, is where the feral cats <laughs> gather. Yes, yes, yes. The porch. Yes. So you can call and charge it and then they'll set it outside for you and you can come and pick it up, which I thought was a lovely. That is lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Well, thank you to everyone who may be listening and sending you wishes for good health. And and very much so hope, hope the squabbles aren't too serious and that, um, that you stay well. And if you are dreaming of books, happy book dreaming. Yes. Happy book dreaming. Listen to book dreams with Julia.